Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras, episode number 98. It's Monday. I have a story for you, and I am going to try to get through this one without crying. It's a good one, and there is a reason why I'm going to potentially cry live on the podcast um, in order to tell you this story. So if you follow me on Instagram, you will see me post stories from time to time about my morning walks or runs. And sometimes I listen to music and or podcasts, but a lot of the time I don't. And I spend that time just thinking. Um, It's obviously a really quiet time. And it's when I do some of my best thinking. But it's also a time when I reflect on previous experiences. Lots of times they are race experiences because I want to sort of put myself back into those points in time so that I can help you guys more or help you overcome whatever the challenge is that you're trying to overcome. And recently I've been sort of reliving Tahoe 200 because I'm going to be perfectly honest with you guys. Sometimes it feels like a dream that I had and not something that I actually did. I sort of have to pinch myself and remind myself, oh yeah, like I posted a story the other day of me drinking my morning coffee out of my Tahoe 200 finishers mug. And I like just recently found the mug again, like it must've been stashed away in the pantry or something. And I pulled it out and I was like, oh, I haven't seen this in a while. I think I'm going to drink my coffee out of this. And it's true. Like I said on the story, coffee just does taste better from a 200 mile finisher mug. But in going through that experience of replaying the race from start to finish, I remembered this moment that happened at the 50 mile mark. Now, if you haven't gone, if you haven't listened to the Tahoe 200 recap episode, this is going to be a spoiler alert. So make sure you go back and listen to that episode. But as many of you guys know, that was the point at which my friend Ben, who I had planned to run the whole race with, was um, had to drop out because of some medical issues. And so we had sort of, you know, teamed up in the miles leading up to that aid station to get him through. He was, you know, having some complications with um, having some, honestly, some little mini seizures. And he was really, I mean, like, when I talk about grit and fortitude and resilience, like, I couldn't think of a better example of this than Ben, because He had to get himself to that aid station and it was everything that he could do to physically muster up the strength to be able to do that. And I honestly felt really helpless because there was really nothing I could do for him other than keep an eye on him, make sure that um, he was taking in fluids, that he was safe. I mean, it was dark, you guys. I mean, it was late night. There was no buddy to come and save him or me or us like he needed to do this on his own so that's a little background context Um, and as we were sort of running walking running walking making our way down to the aid station I had texted ahead to um, my husband to say like can you send send a medic they were unable to send one due to the fact that there was just one at the aid station and they couldn't leave. So we had to make it to them. So Frank did end up running backwards on the course to just sort of be another 
um, set of hands should we need something and for and a lot of reassurance too. But before he showed up, I spent a lot of time while we were making our way down there thinking about, okay, like it's highly likely that Ben is not going to be able to continue. And so I started the process of wrapping my brain around, well, what does my race look like from here? And because of what was happening, we were slowly losing time on the clock. And like, this is just the nature of the beast. So I don't want this to sound like I am not at all blaming Ben for this, but this was what was happening. Okay. So this is just a set of circumstances around the race that I was starting to have to wrap my brain around and figure out what I was going to do. Ben had every intention of just seeking medical attention from the medic and then continuing on. But I have a little bit of experience with seizures and seizure disorders, and I knew that it was not going to be safe for him to keep going. Luckily, that is also the decision that he came to um, through conversations with the medic and his family members that were there. And so he ended up um, I was trying to paint the picture for you here. He ended up, you know, sitting down at the car with his family around him. They got some blankets on him and started to, um, assess his situation. I went to my vehicle and started to, you know, um, get a little bit of food and sort of wrap my brain around what I was going to do. Ben Ben needed to be assessed and he didn't basically need me hovering over him. Like he had enough people that were attending to him and making sure that he was getting the best possible care. And so after a few minutes, I went back over and, you know, sort of he was sitting in a chair. So I knelt down in front of him and was just like, okay, what's the plan? What are you going to do? And like I told you guys, I was going to try not to cry on this, but so I knelt down in front of Ben and I was just like, what's the plan? What are you going to do? And he was like, I think I need to go to the hospital, which automatically meant that he was done. Like if he had to leave the course and seek medical assistance outside the confines of the race, then, then he was done. And so that was like a big decision for him because obviously he really wanted to do this race. He had trained a lot for it. He had put a lot of time and effort into this. And so while I, you know, I put my hands on his arms and was just like, I think that's the best decision. You have to do what's right for you. Like there is always another chance, like your health comes first. And he agreed and we both got like really emotional about it. I mean, I still get emotional thinking about it now. And he looked me dead in the eye and he was like, okay, you have to go. You have to finish this race you can do this. And I was just like, oh God, like he's in a such a bad way right now. And he has the wherewithal and the thought to, you know, give me the boost of encouragement that I need in order to keep going. And I was like, holy shit, this, and like, he believed in me more than I believed in myself at that moment, because, you know, I, like I said before, I had spent some time as we were making our way closer to the aid station thinking, oh shit, like we're, the clock is winding down. I'm running out of time. I'm 50 miles in. I'm tired. I need some sleep. I need to do all these things that are part of my plan that are going to help me keep going. And 
I'm running out of time. I don't know if I can do it. This is where all the self-doubt and the fear started to come in. And I was like, okay, well, if Ben thinks I can do it, then I need to do it. I need to not give up on myself. I mean, I hadn't given up on myself, but it's it it's honestly hard in the moment when you're staring down a ticking clock and you know how close you are and you have to really muster up all your physical, mental, and emotional strength to keep moving forwards. So, I mean, that interaction was so brief. It was probably 60 seconds or so. And, you know, I gave him a big hug and, um, and they whisked him off to the, um, to the hospital and he spent a couple hours there and got some medical care, ended up going back to his hotel room and slept a bunch and he was fine. Um, I, on the other hand, (laughs) went to the car and started the process of, um, trying to power down for like an hour to sleep in order to keep going and to keep ahead of the time cutoff. I'm telling you this story because I think it's powerful for two reasons. The first is that you can face a lot of adversity and still come out on top. Like Ben came out on top of that because that experience provided him the the opportunity to test his physical limits. And now he's got a bunch of information that he can use going forwards as he's training for his next big thing, which I don't know what that is yet, Ben. You're going to have to tell me because <laughs> I know Ben is listening. Um, you're going to have to tell me what that is, but all that whole experience helped him become a better runner. And also he in turn helped me become a better runner because he showed me that he believed in me. And that is how I feel about all of you guys. Okay. Ben and I have a relationship. I have coached Ben. We've been friends for a while now. We sort of, we know each other, but even though I don't know each and every one of you personally, I 100% believe in your ability to finish your race. Okay. And I'm telling you this because sometimes that's all you need in order to keep going. Because let's be hundred percent honest. The road to an ultra can sometimes be long and dark and lonely. And, you know, you're sometimes you're up before the sun. You are out there training sometimes by yourselves. People don't necessarily understand. They might call you crazy. You're sometimes maybe always just a little bit sore and a little bit tired. And over time, that can really wear on you. Okay. And if you're always in pain. Like I don't want to go off on a tangent, but if you're always in pain, that's a different story. We need to have a chat, (laughs) but like there's always just going to be some level of discomfort that goes along with ultra training. And that can be hard for you as the person training for the race. If you don't have a support system around you that helps to boost you up when you're having a dark moment or training gets tough. And so if you don't have that person in your life, I just want you guys to know that I believe in you. 
Okay. I know that you can do it. Just like Ben knew that I could complete 200 miles when I was doubting myself, when I was concerned, when I didn't know if I would be able to bounce back and build back some time and keep going because we had a whole plan around us running this race together. And that's the nature of the beast. Stuff is going to happen. Okay. But I don't want to get off on a tangent here. I believe in you. Okay. So if you're sort of having that dark moment, you're thinking about giving up, you're not sure if you can do it. I know that you can. And even if I don't know you personally, you've gotten yourself to this point. You can for sure keep going because what's on the other side of that is epic. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it, right? If this is the goal that you've set your sights on, if this is the thing that you've been wanting to do, giving up now will be the worst decision that you could possibly make. You've already done so much work. You've already put in so much time and it might seem like you still have a long way to go, but I promise you it's not as far or as long or as hard as you think. You just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You just have to wake up every day and tackle whatever it is on your schedule for that day. Don't think about the rest of the week or the month or whatever, however long it is until your race. Just get up and put one foot in front of the other. Keep going. Keep showing up. Don't give up. Embrace the idea of being uncomfortable and make that your new normal. I both love and hate that this idea of getting comfortable being uncomfortable has become kind of cliche and like it's used a lot in a lot of those motivational quotes and you'll see people talk about it. If you haven't actually experienced it, it's a little silly for you to be posting that quote. I'm not calling anybody out specifically, but I just want you to understand that you have to really experience that before you can understand what it's like to do that and have that be your day in, day out and keep going and keep showing up and crushing the fuck out of every single day. And this is why I feel like now I'm off on like a whole other tangent, which is totally on par for me. But like, this is why ultras are such a good training ground for life. Because there's going to be a ton of shit that you don't want to do every single day. And yet you got to do it. And you could either piss and moan and whine and complain about it and thereby make not only your life miserable, but everybody around you who has to hear you piss and moan and complain about it miserable. Or you could find a way to view it as a challenge, accept the challenge, willing to be uncomfortable while you're going through it, and then learn the lessons while you're doing it. That is 100% of how... Or, or the mindset, I should say, that I went into Tahoe with. And it's 100% of the mindset that was solidified for me going through Tahoe and coming out the under, other side, knowing that there is 
virtually nothing in this world that I can't figure out how to do or navigate my way through. So lots of people will use the excuse, well, my life is too busy. My life is too hard. You know, I have all of these things going on. I don't have time. I mean, I've I've heard every excuse in the book. I've had every excuse in the book not to do it. But I would like to challenge all of you guys that if you're throwing those excuses out into the world and saying, these are the reasons why I can't do it, those are precisely the reasons why you should precisely the reasons why you should figure your shit out and do an ultra. (laughs) So twofold, threefold. I wanted to tell you that story because it's an important and pivotal moment for me, especially in the context of that race. I want you guys to know that I believe in you wholeheartedly a hundred percent. I don't know where you are. I don't know what point you're at in your training, but if you've gotten yourself to this point, whatever that point is, you can for sure take the next step. You don't need to know the whole thing, the whole process of how you're going to get to where you want to go. All you need to know is the next step. And then once you take that next step, the next one will become apparent to you and so on and so forth. Okay. And then the last thing is Stop making it more difficult for yourself than it needs to be. Embrace the concept that you're going to be uncomfortable. Figure out a way to accept and invite those challenges into your life. Find a way to run your first or your farthest ultra and see what the amazing net benefits of that process will be for you on the other side. 